Welcome to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast, where we are changing the wave of the future. Like it or not, the world has changed, and as an exceptional leader, you have to change with it or risk being left behind. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Miter. I'm here to help you navigate this new leadership style. Inside the podcast, you'll discover what your team really wants and needs from you, how to tap into your God-given talents, how to increase your productivity with a strengths-based team, and how to realign with your North Star to truly enjoy your work and your life. This podcast will inspire and empower you today so you can elevate your influence into the future. If you're ready to step out of your comfort zone, then untie those dock lines and jump on board as we begin navigating your leadership. All right. Welcome, friends, back to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast. This is your host, Sherry Miter, and I am here with a bonus episode for you. If you are a um, big fan of the Navigating Your Leadership podcast, you may have noticed that we haven't been um, launching as many episodes lately, and that is because we're getting ready to take a summer hiatus. <laughs> we're going to take June, July, and August off, but when something inspires me, I will be coming on here and sharing with you some bonus episodes, and that's what I'm doing today. And today, we are going to talk about a subject that I fell into a lot as a leader of a sales team, and I see it happen over and over and over again. Um, And it's something that happens that we're not even aware of. And what it is, it's, it's the real reason, as the title of this podcast is, it's the real reason why your sales team is underperforming. And you may be blaming it on them. You may be thinking it's all their fault. But nine times out of 10, it's probably not their fault. It is probably because you, as the leader, have created a bottleneck. And I want you to let that settle in for a minute. And I've been there. I've been where you are. And There's three scenarios that I see happen over and over and over again. And again, I experienced this of when I created these bottlenecks. And maybe you can relate to one of these three. There's probably a lot more times that you create these bottlenecks, but these are big scenarios I see happen. So number one is um, you may be in a really great place. Like you're team is doing phenomenal. You're breaking records. You're having one of your best years ever. And things on the numbers look really, really great. But the big but there is, if you're totally honest, you have worked your tail off to have this year. And you feel like you are the only one working. Like you feel like you are the one out there doing it all and it is exhausting. It's exhausting for that. Um, so you know that even though the numbers look great on paper, you know it's not sustainable. You know that you can't maintain this pace. And what has happened is you've created a bottleneck because you're the one out there. 
The second scenario I see happen that creates these bottlenecks is when we just reach this plateau where we're just stuck. And it doesn't matter if you're in a plateau in what I call the desert land where like it's really low and you're not having your best year and you know things just aren't going well and you kind of been at this stuck place for a while. Or maybe you're even stuck at a really great level that again, others may look at you and think, oh, I would love to be where she or he is. You've just been there way too long. You're just stuck and stuck is stuck. So it doesn't matter if you're you're at a low place that you're stuck at or at a really high place you're stuck at. If you've been at the same numbers over and over and over again, it just doesn't feel good. And chances are, yes, you have created a bottleneck. And then there are the times that um, we slide backwards. <laughs> and this is the worst, right? This doesn't feel good at all at all. And, you know, that may be where you are right now. And, you know, you were here, but now you're going here and now you're here and it's like, oh, I'm going backwards. And you're like, I got to stop this. I've got to stop the slide. And again, you may be sliding backwards because you've created a bottleneck. And I know that last place especially is not a fun place to be. And again, I have been at all three places. I know what they feel like. And what I realized to break out of those different places was that I had to really take a deep dive look at myself. I had to put all of the the thought on me. And it wasn't my team. It wasn't that my team was underperforming. It's just I had done some things to inadvertently create these bottlenecks so that my team wasn't I don't like the word allowed, but they weren't in a space that they could perform at their best. And I took ownership of that. And I realized to break through those barriers, whether it was the top one of just working too much yourself, being stuck or sliding backwards, you need to look at your attitude, your thought process and the actions. And that's what I did. I mean, Anytime I'm doing a podcast, just a little side note here, and I say you, I mean, like, this is what I did, (laughs) or this is what I'm speaking to myself. So don't take it personally. Only take ownership of it personally if it fits you. (laughs) Okay. So what I had to do to break through those bottlenecks is I had to look at my attitude. I had to look at my thought process, and I had to look at my actions. And sometimes it was one of those. Sometimes it was all three of those. And you know, now I can sit back and look at those those situations and to see where there's usually five scenarios that we create these bottlenecks. And I, we're going to talk about these five scenarios and, you know, see where you might identify where you might be creating these bottlenecks that's holding you back and holding your team back. And at the same time, I will give you in each of them a little action step nugget that you can take to break through that barrier, break through that bottleneck. And uh, what is it John Maxwell says about being the lid, the law of the lid? Your team can only go so far as where that lid is. And if you're squishing the lid down, you're not going to be able to expand. Um, Or you've just created that bottleneck. You're keeping everybody down below and stuck. And some of them want to break free. Some of them want to go higher than even where you are. 
And that's what happens when we can break that bottleneck open, you'll discover a free flowing business that not only enables you to have more success, but your team as well. And you'll all have a lot more joy in the journey. So let's take a look at the five types of leaders that could be guilty of creating bottlenecks, even if they're not aware of it. In fact, most of the time, we're not aware of it because if we were, we wouldn't do it, right? So, so usually it's unbeknownst to, unbeknownst, unbeknownst to them that they've created these bottlenecks. Okay, so the number one leader that I see creating bottlenecks is it's the, I call it the, we've got to do it by the books leader. So we've got to do it by the books leader. My first mentor Actually, she wasn't my first, my second mentor, the one who was with me uh, most of my career, my my next level up leader, my mentor, she was so guilty of this. This was her to a T, literally. (laughs) And because she was like that, I felt like as a newer leader, I had to be like that. And we couldn't waver. Like, I remember having conversations with team members like, this is the way the company does it. This is the way we have to do it. And even when it didn't feel good, we still had to do it that way. And I look back now and think, how crazy was that? But you may relate to that. Maybe that's where you are. And maybe that's what your company pushes. Like it's, you know, it's wrong, but that's what they push of that. Like, this is the way, this is the way it's been done. This has worked for 20 years. This has worked for 50 years. Why change it? Right. And I look back and I had a consultant who has um, since passed away. Unfortunately, she had terminal cancer. Um, but I think of her often and in all the lessons that she taught me for leadership. She taught me so many life lessons, just an amazing person. Um, so Trisha, um, her and I had this a really unique relationship where we often, you know, pushed up against each other, but it was so valuable because we were very honest with with each other. So she wasn't afraid to push me sometimes, which I needed. So she would often call me out when I was in this mode of like, but this is the way we do it. And Trisha, you can't do it that way. That's not the way it's done. And she would push anyway. And she would do it her own way. And you know what? She was highly successful. She actually was my number one consultant of all the 26 years I led people. She was the top person I ever had the privilege of leading. And a lot of it was because she figured out her own path. Um, And I think back now is if I knew then what I know now, I would have encouraged her to find her own way. Now, yes, we need to do it within the the core values. And, um, you know, we're not talking about breaking the core values of a company or the mission statement of the company, but the how-to. Does the how-to need to be done exactly the same way it's been done for all these years? Probably not. And if you have someone on your team who is a little stronger personality or is very creative, 
why not let them figure out a way to do it in their own natural talents and gifts? And when I think back, like I said, of you know working with Trisha, what if I had allowed that? What could she have achieved then? I mean, she already did. She did some great things. But if I had known then to encourage her to be a little more creative, to encourage her to figure out how to do it on her own, instead of like fighting with her against it, um, what could she have achieved? So is there someone that you've been holding back? Maybe there's a few people on your team. This is usually a small percentage of your team that is wants to kind of go their own way. And again, yes, under the core values of the company. But can you loosen up a little bit? Where can you loosen up a little bit? And who do you need to let fly? Who have you been holding back? Now, I do want to redeem myself because I did learn from that experience with Trisha. And then once I got um, introduced to Clifton Strengths or Strengths Finders, as it was when I first was introduced to it, I learned from that. And the one good thing is one of my last few years as a leader, I was privileged to have another consultant join our team, Julie. And I learned from that experience that I needed to loosen up on the how we do it (laughs) rules. And I let Julie figure out her own way. And she still thanks me. I'm no longer her leader, but she still thanks me for letting her have that freedom that she probably would not have stuck around if I tried to box her into the, this is how we do it process. So that's the first type of leader that I see over and over and over again of that we have to do it by the books leader that creates the bottleneck. The second type of leader that I see um, a lot is the I'll just do it myself leader. This is the leader that they are the best salesperson on their team and they don't trust their team. Or maybe they did trust their team, but they got let down. Or they know no one's going to be as good as them. So I'm just going to be the one way out in front leading the team. And that works for a short time frame. And I see this happen over and over and over again, especially in the direct sales world. That is why the company's court of sales is, I don't even know, three, four, five times as large as the court circle of achievement, which is the whole team, because so many leaders are still out there leading way ahead of their group, and they're not taking people with them. And there are seasons that you have to be willing to be that person way out in front, but you shouldn't stay there forever. That should be a short season of jumpstarting something. Then you want to make sure you're bringing people along with you, because if you're always the person out there way ahead of everybody else, that's where you're going to burn out. Or a lot of times that's where you've been missing people. You have people in your team, but because you're so concerned with your own personal achievements, you're missing out on opportunities to coach them, to train them, to mentor them, to bring them up and along with you. And it's kind of like tying your kids' shoes, (laughs) you know? 
One of the reasons why some leaders don't want to take the time to do all that is they feel like it takes too much time. They don't have time for that because they have big goals themselves. And it takes, again, too much time to do that. But if we think back, if you're a parent, you know that when your kids are first learning to tie their shoes, it's painful, painful, because it takes them 5, 10, 15 minutes to tie their shoes where you could do it in 30 seconds. But as parents, if we never let our kids learn how to tie their shoes, we would have 50-year-olds walking around not knowing how to tie their shoes. So we, we don't do that. We, we have that patience to teach them how to tie their shoes. And we wait and we give them time. And then eventually they learn how to do it themselves. And it's as quick, if not better and easier than we would have done it. And it's the same thing with your team. Sometimes we need to slow down on our personal achievements so that we can look around our team and look, who do I have here that I've been missing? Who can I bring up and out with me? And yes, it slows down your personal production, but it's so worth it in the long run because otherwise you're always going to have that bottleneck of nobody's going to move up along with you. Okay, the third, oh, so your action step, if that sounds like you, is who do you need to mentor or what do you need to let go of to break that bottleneck if you are that I'll just do it myself leader? Okay, the third type of leader that I see creating bottlenecks is the you go do it leader. So this is kind of the opposite of number two. This is the leader who may have that attitude of, you know, I've paid my dues. I've gone out there and done it. It's your turn now, team. I'm going to sit back here and lead you. But a true leader is out there with their people, whether you're way out, whether you're in the front or you're in the middle of the pack, you're with them. Oops, sorry. Out in the field, you're running along with them. They need to see you in the field, talking to customers, perhaps even cleaning the toilets. They need to know that it's a we, not you and me attitude or atmosphere. And that you can do it leader sometimes just has that attitude that, you know what, you guys need to go do it because I've done it and I'm not going to do it again. And, you know, then they get mad because their team doesn't do it but they need to see you out there with them. And if I'm being 100% honest, which I try to be all the time, that was one of the reasons why, one of the multiple reasons why I chose to step down from leadership in my direct sales business, because I knew after 20 something years of going out and holding appointments, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I also knew that if we were going to get to that next level, I had to be willing to go out there and hold appointments. That I could not expect my team, even though we were 100 plus strong, I couldn't expect them to go out and do it if I wasn't willing to do it as well. And that, again, was one of the reasons why when I was honest with myself, it's like, I need to step down because I'm not willing to do that. And that's not fair. That's not great leadership. So 
if that sounds like you, um, that uh, you go do it type leader, and maybe you're there because you feel like you've deserved it, like you've spent your years doing that. And I get that. I totally do. But really take an honest look and think, what have you been unwilling to do that maybe you need to start doing in order to break up the bottleneck? So be honest with yourself. All right. The fourth type of leader that can create bottlenecks is the people pleaser leader, the people pleaser leader. (laughs) And this leader, usually their heart is totally in the right place. Um, But your team needs you to lead them. Because here's the thing, if you're not being a bold leader and leading them, someone else in the organization is. And it may not be who you want them to listen to. I've had that happen before. (laughs) Um, And here's the other thing that not everyone in your organization is going to like all the decisions you make as a leader. But it's kind of like parenting. I always tell uh, parents, especially those that have teenagers or preteens, that remember your job as a parent, is not to be your kid's friend, especially in the teenage years. Your job is to parent. And if you do that well, later in life, you can become their friend. And it's the same thing as a leader. Your job as a great leader may not be to be your team member's friend. In fact, it's probably not. That's not your job. It's not to be their friend. It's to be a confident, caring, and bold leader. People want to follow somebody with confidence. They want to follow a leader who takes the charge and brings them along with it. They need a leader they can trust. Um, So, Where do you need to exude more confidence as a leader? Maybe you need to back up. How do you, what are you doing to build your confidence as a leader? Um, One of the best things I know is really tapping into your talents and strengths. I've worked with multiple leaders that they didn't have that confidence as a leader. They didn't see themselves as that bold, confident, you know, confident leader they wanted to be. But when they tapped into their own natural talents and strengths, they realized like, oh, I can lead this way. So find your way to lead, but you have to lead. Quit being the people pleaser leader because you're not going to please everybody. You need to lead them. And the fifth type of leader that I see creating bottlenecks, um, and like I said, there's probably more, but we're just covering the five today. Um is the leader with no process, no system, and we'll call them the squirrel leader. (laughs) Again, this is what I was totally guilty of. Now, I know, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, wait a minute, Sherry, you said a number one that we're not supposed to follow the books. And now you're telling us we have to create them. So which one is it? So here's the thing. They're two different things. Okay. So you need a system, but you also need to know when your people um, 
should follow that guidance system and when to let them create their own little path um, around that system. Most of your organization will want the system. Most of them are going to follow it to the T or close to it. You will have those outliers. They're probably going to be your top salespeople who are going to be the ones that will figure out their own way. Let them fly. Let them be free. Going back to Trisha, she loved having a system, but she tweaked it. She um, created it. She made it better. She did some things way better than I did. She was a better tracker than I did. I gave my team a system to track. She took it and really ran with it and made it even more. She tracked even more than I ever even taught anybody to do. But that worked for her. So it's knowing that, okay, this is our system. This is what I teach. But I'm going to have those outliers, again, who are probably your top people who are going to do it their own way and let them go, let them run, let them go do that. But for the rest of your organization, they're looking for clear systems. They're looking for consistency. And there's really, there's a lot of systems you may have in a sales team, but there's really about five. I look at five, what I call the MVPs for any sales process. So this is where you really need a system. You need to have a lead generation system. How do you teach your people how to expand their network? What are some ideas you give them? Number two, what's your offering for your product or services? What do you teach them to do? What are you teaching them how to offer that? Number three, the actual sales presentation conversation. Do they have a process for the how that looks? What does that sound like? What's the flow that you create? Number four, closing the sale. They need to know how to close a sale, the most important thing, right? <laughs> and number five, what's the system for customer service, for following, for keeping the relationship going? So lead generation, offering your product or service, the actual sales presentation, the closing the sale, and customer service. If you have no other system at all, just create a system for those five things um, so that especially your new people, they know how your organization does it. Then as they get accustomed to that, that's where you enable them to kind of tweak things and, and figure their own way out. And some, most again, are probably going to stick exactly to what you teach them. Now, I get bored easily. I love new ideas. And this was a mistake I made in direct sales because I didn't stick with a clear system or I would hear a new idea, that shiny syndrome. That's why I call this the squirrel leader. We're off to like, oh, wait, that's a new idea to do. Oh, wait, I like that idea. Oh, wait, let's try this. No, don't do that. Don't do that to your people. Even if you're doing that, have one system you teach them. So if this sounds like you and you are that squirrel leader, Ask yourself, what systems do you need to tighten up? So what systems do you need to tighten up? So where do you see yourself creating the bottleneck? What are the tangible action steps that you can take to break up that bottleneck? You and your team deserve the peace the freedom and success that comes when things start flowing smoothly. And 
you can become that high achieving leader, that high achieving team. You're not exhausted because you're not out there doing it all by yourself. You get through that plateau, you break through that plateau, get to that next level so you never feel stuck again. All right, my friends, I hope this has been helpful. I hope maybe if you feel like you have been at that one of those places, um, you recognize where you're at, what are the mistakes you're making, and then it's okay. Forgive yourself. It's We all get there. But the key is to recognize what it is, what we're doing, and change it. Just change it. You can change today. Now, if you need support in any of this, you may find it beneficial to join me on our um, Summer of Strengths Sales Sales Edge, Find Your Sales Edge webinar I'm offering this Thursday, June 23rd. Now, today is Monday. June 20th. So it depends on when you listen to this. There's a good chance most of you are going to listen after this happens. But if by chance you're hearing this in time, I would love to invite you to join me. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to hop on this. Um, I encourage you to bring your team along with you and we're going to help you find your sales edge. Now you may be asking, what do you mean sales edge? So what I mean, your sales edge is that place between boredom with no real challenge to in between there and that place where it's too hard, it's not sustaining, you can't stay there forever. It's the sweet spot where you thrive. And we're going to talk about how to find that through a strengths-based lens. Now, if it is past that date of June 23rd, 2022, um, reach out to me. I'll send you the replay of the webinar. And last announcement I have today is we are taking a podcast hiatus. As I mentioned earlier, you probably have noticed we haven't been um, throwing out as many podcasts as normal. And that's because we are like easing into the summer mode for June, July, and August. Um, As I already mentioned, we will not be having our normal weekly podcast coming out, but I will be throwing out some, you know, bonus episodes for you. And in September, we'll kick things back up again with some great guests we have lined up that I'll be doing interviews this summer, a couple of fun things we have in store for you, and um, an even better Navigating Your Leadership podcast. So as always, thank you for listening to the show. And feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about anything we we talked about today. Um, If you need any support, if you want to hear, you know, watch the the replay of the webinar or catch it live. I uh, love to have you on the show. And I hope this has been helpful and helps you break up your bottleneck. My hope and prayer is that today's episode left you feeling inspired and empowered with some tangible steps to implement today. But honestly, the podcast is just the beginning. Through my coaching, my clients learn how to lean into their strengths to create their unique style of leadership along with gaining strategies to create dynamic and productive teams, teams with a mutual passion and respect for each other. Whether you just need a few small course corrections or you feel like you need an entirely new ship to lead, I do love a challenge. I'd love to invite you to send me a DM or better yet, let's hop on a call and see how we can continue this leadership journey together. The link to book a call is in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you.